A lack of information around addiction and mental health issues has led to a lot of confusion. Heroes in Recovery is here to set the record straight and break the stigma through the power of storytelling and by celebrating the heroic efforts of those who walk this road of recovery every day. Our movement is built on the personal journeys of survivors, shining a spotlight on the disease of addiction and creating a global community of support. Go to heroesinrecovery.com to share your story, read hundreds of others, or join us for a 6K race. Together, we can break the stigma. Yo, what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Lee. This is Wes. This here. is Bob Ford. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in, and thanks to you for supporting the show. If you have questions, whether you or a loved one might need some help, you can contact Foundations Recovery Network. Their admissions coordinators are available available to provide you a confidential assessment. Um, you can do that at 1-877-714-1318. Uh, we're also going to be out at Foundations Innovations in Recovery Conference next month on April 9th through the 12th. That's a Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego. So if you want to check out any info on that, you can go to foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. You can click on events there. Um, and then also, um, I wanted to mention, I was excited to see the Sober Guy article, which came out in our local Vacaville magazine yesterday. Um, I want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to Lauren and Chris from the Vacaville magazine, as well as Ryan Bates Photography for coming to the house, taking some photos for the article. And then, of course, Donna Hoover. Uh, she really did an amazing job of writing up um, writing up the article and letting me share some of my story and also providing some great recovery resources uh, for, for those out there in our community. Uh, so big thanks to them over at Vacaville magazine. If you want to check it out, you can go to www.vacamag.com. And now, without further ado, we're going to get to the big homie, Tim Stodart. What's up, Tim? How are you? Hey, Shane. What's up, buddy? Yeah, it's ni- nice, to, uh, nice to have you back on the show, man. It's been a while since we got to chat. And uh, I just learned, well, real quick, too, let, m- let me give a quick intro for those of you who might not know who Tim is. Uh, Tim's an entrepreneur. He's an addiction recovery advocate, and he's also a fitness fanatic. He was born and raised in Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to a hardworking and loving family. And uh, one thing I do know about Tim, he has definitely always had a passion for hard work and self-improvement. Um, he's the founder and CEO of uh, Stasi Inc. Uh, Inc. and uh, um, also Sober Nation um, and the Sober Podcast Network, New Life Clothing. You have all kinds of uh, uh, all kinds of projects going on. You're a busy dude, man. So uh, uh, what's going on, man? To the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. Congrats <laughs> on that. It doesn't get old to hear that, man. It really doesn't. I uh, Everywhere I go, I was just in Nashville, um, I guess, last weekend. And, you know, the first thing I did when they won is I bought my my champions, Super Bowl champions <laughs> hat. It's the very first thing I did. And everywhere I went in Nashville, people were honestly just coming up to me and, like, grabbing yeah. me by the shoulders, just saying, like, oh, my God, congratulations. Like, I'm so happy for you because uh, it was like you and I were talking before the podcast. Like, people – like to portray this picture of Philadelphia, but it's like a beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah. And there's tons of art and food and like music around every corner and the the architecture and like the buildings and just the vibe you get when you walk around. Like it's not yeah. it's it's a working class city, definitely, which is why like I think I feel so at home there. But at the same time, like it's just a beautiful place, man. And God, it, it meant so much to me and like my family and just everybody there. Like my whole life, I've been, dying, I've been yeah. dying for the Eagles to win it, you know. So, so I'm not sick of talking about it yet. Um, I don't know if I ever will be, and, <laughs> and like I'll just leave you on that before yeah. I really start going off on like a, a fucking tirade, you know. No, it's all good, man. It's been it's been a long time uh, for the Eagles, and I know. We got to go. So I was telling you before we started, me and like seven or eight of my homies, we went out there in October and, mm-hmm. um, man, like, just like you're saying, I had never been there before. I've, I've pretty much only been on the West coast my whole life. So I, that was like my first official trip out to the, um, East side cool. of the country. And 
Dude, we had so much fun. Everyone was so fucking cool. Like just a great melting pot of different cultures and people and just um, the sports. We went to a Phillies game. We didn't get to hit an Eagles game because they were out of town. Phillies games um, are great too, though. Dude, we had a blast, bro. I brought my, yeah. my boy back, um, uh, my son, a little Phillies hat. Dude, and I've been rocking the Phillies hat out here. I had a couple people try to give cool. me some shit like, oh, you're an A's fan. I'm like, man, like I can wear like whatever the fuck I want here, and especially I got to represent some some uh, Philadelphia. So we had a blast, man. Thanks. Yeah, it was I, – I miss it. Um, I miss the people. More than anything, I, I miss the mentality, like, like how yeah. you introduced me. Um, with with hard working i don't necessarily like i guess i wear that as like a badge of honor but i don't look at myself as like i'm this special like hard working type guy i just look at it like everybody is that way like it's just part of like the mindset you just it's also granted like the uh the how do you call it the history behind philadelphia has a lot to do with quakerism and like protestantism and like the protestant work ethic and stuff so there's like some some cultural significance there but it's it's just really like in our bones, like the whole entire city. You wake up early and yeah. you work hard and you eat dinner with your family, and it's it's a cool place, man. So I I, I appreciate the love, like thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> it man, so much. Well, the, just the history alone. I mean, that was a big part of why we went was to go see, um, you know, some of the some of the landmarks and take some tours and and walk around the city. And some of that, like you you had mentioned, the architecture there is absolutely amazing. Like cool. some, some of the stuff. Yeah. And, um, the other thing too, I wanted to ask you, so we didn't, so us California boys out here, man, I, I gotta be real. We tried to act like what we, what we knew about like some, some Philly sandwiches, right? Like we wanted to know what was up. We stayed by, we stayed right by Jim's, which was on like South fourth, I think. Yeah. yeah. That was a dope little spot too. a bunch of tattoo shops and cool mm-hmm. little vintage, like antique shops and all kinds of cool stuff. But, um, Where's the spot to go for like the authentic Philly? Like what's what's the number one uh, hidden gem? Jim's is a good spot. Yeah. Um, Jim's is definitely a good spot. And South Street's a blast. On 4th and South is Jim's. And one block east of that is a, a little place called the TLA, hmm. um, the Theater of Living Arts, I think. And when I was growing up, I used to play a bunch of music. And when we would play shows at the TLA, it was always like a, a really fun thing. So just yeah. that whole you know, and there's a pizza shop on Second and South called Lorenzo's. From like Second and South to like Eighth and South, that those blocks yeah. is just a really, really cool time. So I'm glad you got to see that. My spot. Um, so I was born in Chestnut Hill, and my grandparents lived in a neighborhood called Mount Airy, which is like Northwest Philly. Okay. And in that area, Roxborough, there's a place called Delasandros, which I've gone to. I mean, always because my mom still lives in that in that area in Roxborough. Nice. So. So yeah, that that's the place I go, and it's great being in there. Like you can go there on a Saturday, and it's a tiny little, tiny little sandwich shop, just like you would picture. Probably like the size of a living room, and there's like yeah. 30, 40 people packed in there, <laughs> and it's the same like Italian family and the same loud Italian woman that's just like running the spot, like screaming out names and like real fast with the money and like, here oh, you go, thank you, so baby, thank you, baby, thank you, baby, thank you, baby, and. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great, man. I, I feel so at home there. If you get a cheesesteak with crushed hot peppers and like a Stewart's cream soda. Oh damn. Uh-huh. That's oh that sounds good right now. <laughs> I'm oh, telling yeah. you. Stewart's, man. You're dropping the Stewart's. I love it. Yep. Um so let's uh so another thing actually I wanted to mention too, uh to kind of to kind of switch gears here. Um Sober Nation, man, you guys are have been around for a long time. Um, and also wanted to say thank you too. I know I've told you this before, I think, but I don't know officially on, on, uh, on a podcast or anything like that, but you guys were really one of the first ones, um, who, who sober guy kind of partnered with you and I kind of met and started talking and, and picked mm-hmm. us up as a, as a, a official sponsor. And, uh, and, and we just started, um, you know, getting to know each other a little bit and working together and stuff. So I just want to say thanks for that, man. And I also wanted to ask, um, what, what sober nation, what that platform's up to. And I know you got a couple different projects and we'll get into all of them, but I thought maybe we could start there. Yeah, that that's a good place to start. And it's funny because when people talk about all the things, it sounds I mean, it's it's big, you know, there's a lot going on, but it sounds like some huge giant machine. Really, like if you're in the office every day, um, you'll see that it's it's all pretty simple and really it's all like under one thing. Yeah. It's just there's kind of different websites for like different um 
I don't know, genres or like styles, you know, so like soberpodcast.com is the same thing as sobernation.com, except instead of written articles, we just post audio content. Got it, got it. You know, um, and on that note, buddy, like seriously, you don't have to thank me. I, I always like to say that the thing that I did well to make Sobernation popular was I didn't make it like about me. Hmm. I just really like thought like if I could put a platform together in which this like real passionate community can kind of get together and just share their own stuff, then it's almost like, you know, in like strict digital marketing sense, like I'm leveraging other people's content to grow like my own brand, you know, but from like a personal standpoint, I always thought it was just really cool that way because when you get to see, you know, like a guy like yourself who just has something to say and like an idea and then you you watch it sort of turn into something. I, I think that's just like, yeah, I, I think it's just a really cool thing. And I get just as much um, fulfillment out of like the success of that as I do from the success of like the whole entire yeah. operation put together, you know, but, um, but yeah, dude, like the, the podcast have been great and it's, it's been cool to, to watch it grow. It's been cool because when you and I first started talking a couple of years ago, I remember one of the things that I said was that I think audio is like a perfect format for people to talk about recovery because that's basically mm-hmm. what like recovery is, right? It's people telling yeah. their stories. And, um, you know, like I guess pat on the back, I, we, we definitely were right about that because since then there's been like an explosion of, oh, yeah, of it's crazy. recovery podcasts. It's out of control. Yeah. yeah, I can't even keep up with them. Every day there's another email of someone like trying to get on board. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. I mean, it, I think, uh, you know, I, people, a lot of people don't uh, get to see the back end of, of different operations, whether it's podcasting or blogging or, um, just in the, in that space alone. And there's so many different elements and so many branches of, of the, of the tree per se, or whatever, you know, that, mm-hmm. that go into it. Um, and it really takes a lot of dedication and heart. And I know for me, that's one of the big things that's helped me in my recovery and staying sober and staying motivated is being passionate about something. And, sure. um, I mean, that's, that's been huge. And before I forget to, one of the other things you touched on, I, I wanted to point out is when you're talking about sober nation and, and, and not making it about you and making it more about community. Um, man, I know through this little journey for me, the, the, the longer that I've, um, that I continue to go on, the more that I learn, it's less about me. Like stuff just makes so much more sense now, you know, cause like in the beginning of it, it's like, well, when you're, when you're using or, or drinking or whatever, you're, you're so selfish. And then now you got to be selfish again because you got to get sober. And so you got to mm-hmm. block everything out and stay focused on that. And now I got to transition all that selfishness from just a human being standpoint and learn like how to not be a selfish prick. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's crazy, man. It's a whole little process and, um, keeping in line with, with, uh, back to the passionate thing, these different projects from sober nation, new life clothing, you know, the pot, you got your own podcast now, which I want to talk about, which I think is really cool. So, um, let, let me pass it back to you and, and have you hit on some of those things. Yeah. Well, I'm really lucky that, um, I hired a girl named Tori who <laughs> like, I'm terrible at the organizational type aspects. Yeah. I'm just really, I'm pretty organized, but like I get lost in when there's a million things flying at me, like I just lose track of them all. And Tori like has really, really, really helped um, which just in terms of, she's just tight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's just really tight. Nothing slips by her. So she's been a huge help. Uh, New Life Clothing, man, like I'm always pretty honest about this. Till this day, I think I've honestly made like $400 from the whole thing <laughs> yeah. out of like four years. But like really, I just think it's cool. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to say it. Like it's just cool to put these designs together and it's it's a hobby more than anything and it's cool it's like cool. yeah i enjoy the fact that i guess i can make like a hundred bucks a year from a hobby right like not a lot of people can yeah. say that but it's not the reason why I've, I've kept doing it like believe me in fact anytime I've, I've tried to turn new life into like a business and like get serious about it it ended up just stressing me out and then i was like <laughs> i don't want to fucking do this anymore yeah. um so, you know, that's kind of just, it just stays there really. I don't, I don't put a whole lot of time into it. The, the, with Sober Nation, 
You know, I honestly haven't really talked about this, and this was like why I approached you about getting on the podcast again. It it's sort of be it's started becoming like overwhelming, mm-hmm. and with the amount that I had to write and all the interaction with people and feeling like personally responsible for the brand, um, like that's why Tori came involved because I was it was sucking me up, man, and yeah. like my whole entire life was nothing about was nothing other than talking to people about their addiction and like talking to people about finding help. And then I would go home and like be expected to still do my own recovery, yeah, you know, it's tough. and it, it just took it all out of me. So, you know, truth be told, the reason why I started getting into a lot of my personal stuff and started sort of just allocating a lot of that work was because it was just, I don't want to say it was eating away at me. Like I still enjoyed doing it, but it was, it was turning into something that it, it, it got big because it was something that was celebrated yeah. and then more it turned into work and it lost like the celebration, yeah. the less it became like what it was that made it popular in the first place. Do you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? So I had yeah, to totally. really like get it back to that and just sort of get the fuck out of the way for a little bit. And, um, and plus, because like I'm a writer, you know, out of all the the online marketing things that I like to mess with, like at the foundation of it all has always been just me writing. You know, yeah. that's where like I got my start from. And so I was losing my passion for writing and I just had to really like pull away from it, put the day to day in somebody else's hand, like trust somebody, you yeah. know, that like, and that's hard hey, to look, do, I have man. my own perfect way of doing this, but like, I'm going to trust you to do it. And, yeah. uh, I'm really glad I did, dude. Like, I'm really glad I did. And now I, I feel, you know, when I sent you that email, like, Hey, look, man, I'm ready to kind of get back and, and, and start talking about some of these things again. And, um, I'm in shit. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm on a tangent now. No, no, out. no, that all, all of that was good, man. And it, and it's all, um, it all makes sense. And I think what you're describing too, at least how I understand it, cause I've experienced some of the same shit between being a dad and being a husband and trying to, you know, do, do work in the corporate world and then operate sober guy and like all these different hats that I have to wear. That's how I always describe it. Like, damn, I got to put my work hat on today. Okay, cool. And I'm gonna put my baseball hat on today or wh- whatever it is. Yeah. Um, my dad hat, my husband hat, it's crazy sometimes and uh it's burnout really like it's like it's just a straight burnout and you Mm -hmm. feel that passion like getting sucked out of you to where it's just it's just work you know what i mean and uh that's a tough thing to pull out of too man it definitely takes some time and some work so i'm i'm super stoked for you that number one you're able to recognize it that's a big part in just recovery i think in general is recognizing the shit that i think so too and then Dude, I admire the hell out of the fact of being able to hand over your baby like that, you know, your, your work. That's not an easy thing to do. And, <laughs> you know, like you said, we have a certain way we want to do shit and like a little bit difference can like really mess with your mind, you know, it's, be, it's, it's more your mind because the reality is that like if you showed the two sides to other people, they probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. But for me, it's like. And I'm just naturally like an obsessive person, you yeah. know, by like how I am. So I, I just obsess over these things. But, but like I said, I'm, I'm really glad like Tori has been managing all the podcasts and she's been managing the blogs and dealing with the writers. And, and I've, I've just sort of been able to take like a, not, not a backseat because I'm definitely very involved, but more yeah. overseer. Well, I was going to say too, like, it seems, it seems to me like, you've been able to get back into being a creator again. Not that you were all, sure. weren't always creating, but you were creating. But at the same time, it sounds like you're getting overshadowed by all this admin and like just straight fucking work. And that's what mm-hmm. I was saying earlier. There's so much work on the back end. Now, if you're able to kind of step back, you're an artist, bro. I mean, that's like you're a writer. I, like you're an artist, dude. Yeah. Like you create, like a lot of us in recovery are. Like now you have some time to sit back and like do some of the shit that you're really enjoying. That's really cool to see, man. Thank you. It, it's, it's felt good. And, uh, also like just, I don't know, waking up on a Saturday and just being like, I'm going to go to the park yeah. <laughs> instead of going <laughs> right on my computer or, or going to the beach. I mean, 2017 was a really interesting year for me in, in a lot of ways, but the last year I, it was the first time, like really since I got sober that, 
I was able to just not be so intense about something. Yeah. Because I, it then helped me. You know, a lot of people say that like you can't replace one addiction with another, and I guess that's probably true. But in a way, it really helped me to have something where like I could take this crazy obsessive focus that I have and take it away from destructive type shit and yeah. put it towards something that like was positive. And yeah. I think for me, it just took six seven years to finally be able to get to a point where it's like you know what man like i'm okay you know yeah. like it's it's okay you can relax a little um that's helped i mean you mentioned you mentioned too that uh i can't remember if it was in an email we that we talked real quick but that you you kind of took a break from social media and stuff too man was that like a huge help i, I see like I, I haven't even said this yet to anybody yet but i i deleted my facebook like uh, so, uh, a week and a half ago because i just i couldn't fucking take it anymore bro i was just like i still have instagram you know i'm so i'm, I'm not trying to be high and mighty like i'm fucking over it but like the mm-hmm. facebook in general was driving me nuts dude and i said you know what i'm done with this shit um and i'm uh, it's, what about you i mean what was your take on that it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny, man. Yeah, I, I actually deleted it and it was hard. Yeah. Um, I thought about it and like ruminated over it for months because at this point it's not just so much an interaction tool. Like, you know, there's all my pictures and totally memories and stuff. But man, it came down it came down to two things, really. One was just straight value. I kept asking myself like what value is this bringing to my life? First, both from a personal standpoint and from like an online marketing standpoint, you know? And the more and more Facebook became this endless stream of kind of nonsense, the less it was turning into like an actual asset in which I could spread my message. Because now, you know, a quick story. I won't get too much into it. But when I first started Subrenation, there was a point where we had like 20,000 followers. And I'm like, oh my God, we made it, you know? But the algorithm at that time was a lot different where I could post something to my 20,000 followers and like they would pretty much all see it. And it was great because like as you said, as a writer, like I would write this stuff and it would get like thousands and thousands of hits and I would get comments and shit. Now the Subrenation Facebook page has like 300,000 followers and like I can post something and it, it hardly touches anybody. Dude, that is um, crazy, man. Yeah, like it hardly touches anyone. So just from like a pragmatic marketing standpoint – um, it lost value there. Yeah. But in terms of like value from my life, God, I don't know. It, it's just, it's like little dopamine hits, right? Like mm-hmm. you see well, the they, little red notification and you can't not click on it. They, uh, they, they talked about that. I don't know if you saw those interviews, um, with, um, it wasn't, uh, Zuckerberg, but the other, there was a couple of other guys. Yeah. They, they did those interviews and they talked about how, um, how they selectively, knew that beforehand or picked those, you know, that type of setup for those dopamine hits to get people addicted to it, to get people, um, basically in this virtual space. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I'd already kind of had an idea about that, but to actually see those guys start talking about it out in the open that I didn't, I didn't like that. I I think a lot of people felt like that. I didn't like that either, but I guess in a way I kind of already knew that that was the case and just sort of accepted it. The real deal breaker for me was, um, excuse me, about two months ago, I took this writing course and it was really hard. It was really intense. And I've never taken a course before. Like I, I've never, I'm not like educated at all. And even online education, like, I don't know, maybe it's my ego. I just, I don't like to listen to people. (laughs) Uh, I took this course and it was from this guy named Seth Godin, who's like a real world renowned Mm -hmm. marketer. And he's written a shit ton of books and I've, I've read a bunch of them. And in the course, uh, they sent me a bunch of reading material and there were two in particular. Actually, hold on. I can turn around. Hold on one second. All right. It was this one called the war of art huh. by Stephen Pressfield really blew me away. And then right after I read this, I read this one. It's called linchpin. This one's actually by Seth Godin and after reading this book and then transitioning into this book, there's this line in Lynchpin where he talks about things that never end because the purpose of the course and of that book is about creating something and then publishing it because our minds, he calls it our lizard brain, 
mm-hmm. you know, our amygdala, the survivalist mentality of us still wants to be safe. And there's like a real thing in like where people are looking at us, like public speaking. And we see that and we think danger, danger, danger. Yeah. And and it's like a fear of putting your art out there, which is really rooted like evolutionary, which is like, you know, being away from the pack. And um, so without getting too heady, he said that the thing that holds most people back is that they don't, they create stuff, but they don't actually ship it. He calls it, they don't actually mm-hmm. publish. And instead what they do is they focus on things that never end because there's something never ends and there's never actually a decision to like put it out there. Yeah. Right. And Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, the whole premise of them is just they never fucking end. <laughs> like there's never yeah. like an actual decision where you say, this is something I made and that it has like an impact on the and earth. It's done. And, like, yeah. and it's done, you know, and people feel it. Yeah. It's instead it's the opposite, where it's just like, you know, you're like a drone just sort of staring at this screen that yeah. never ends, right? And as soon as I read, as soon as I had that whole like encompassing experience and when i just read that little paragraph about things that never end and i realized like there's no end in sight for this like i yeah. can either delete it now or i can keep thinking about deleting it forever yeah. because it's never going to change it's you like know? you're just you're just getting carried off into this black hole of of fucking nonsense you know what i mean sure. like just like you said every day just like just scrolling through i mean i would sure, find man. myself doing it and and not one not even know it's almost robotic you get in like a robotic state where it's just like mm-hmm. you pick it up and you go but um the one thing that that's funny about that is um man i'm feeling i'm feeling a little bit good right now since you said that because i'm equating this to um for years my my wife um and we don't we don't watch a lot of uh, a lot of tv anymore but when we used to watch series, I'll give you an example, like Lost, right? Do you remember when Lost came out? It was like this huge craze and is one of the, one of the, um, kind of, I guess one of the earlier series where it just kept, it was fucking ongoing forever. And I stopped at about like the third or fourth season. I said, I can't take this anymore. Like I need an ending. Like give me something that has a fucking ending in it. I want to know what happened and Mm -hmm. ever. Like I, I, I want to see something. I want a beginning. I want a middle. I want to end. I don't want to be lost in space, getting drug on through the mud, trying to figure out what happens in you know this season, next season. And I think it's a kind of a similar concept, you know. Like I want, yeah. I want to see that shit happen. It's like The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's done that. Yeah, the drag it well, out. There's, there's just no end in sight. But I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I have a, I have a propensity to like overthink things. So. I can kind of like really ramble on with that concept and see like analogies everywhere. But for me and particularly how it dealt with like social media in my life, um, there's no question that like it's made my life better. Yeah. I've read like four, cause I've always been a reader and like I noticed that I stopped reading. I've read like four books since I deleted it. I've been writing in my personal site every morning. It's like the first nice. thing I do. I don't, I, I plug my phone in um, away from my bed so that like I don't have this yeah. glow around me. It's I'm telling you, man. But I don't think we're the only ones. I think like I think society is really starting to catch on to it. I do too. I, I see it happen a lot where people are just kind of like, I don't think this is really helping me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. I I agree, man. And I I know um, friends and family who have been. Um, just completely divided by it too, with all of the just nonsense going on about people's different opinions on stuff and you know, all that stuff. That was a whole nother element to it. But yeah, I I'm with you, bro. It's been a good thing. Like I don't, I don't miss it. I'm not going back to it. Like I'm, I'm done with it. And, um, you know, I, I am finding myself doing a little bit more of, of time allotted things. I still, I gotta be honest though. I'm still on my phone and my computer a lot because I work. That's, that's my work I do, but I do notice the difference in like being a little bit, not as, um, as dialed into it, I guess, being able to disconnect. What about, what about the podcast for you, man? I, I thought that was uh, super cool that you launched that. And, um, how's that been going? It's been one of the biggest adventures and one of the biggest struggles really in like my whole creative outlet um one the technological side behind it was like a real struggle for me like now i notice it like the first thing that happened when this video popped up i'm like oh man like look he's got a pop a pop protector on his mic like maybe <laughs> to get one of them. Yeah. um <laughs> the little so like, yeah, little things it, it was hard to set it up but uh but man it's been so cool i've 
I went back and forth. Like at first I was just having conversations with people and I was thinking like, what's my direction? Do I want to stick to like internet marketing type theme? But there's already so many of them out, you know, and I thought about doing the recovery theme, but then I was like, I don't want to get sucked back into that same thing again. Like everything I talk about is about recovery. So then what I started doing is just doing these little like 10 minute monologues that I would do where like I would pick an idea and, uh, and that was cool. And like, you know, I've, I, I started getting some, uh, some downloads and, and, and I enjoyed doing it, but really the thing that made up my mind is I found that I was getting so much value out of actually sitting down and having like real conversations with people for like an yeah. hour, like again, with That's no awesome. cell phone and no eavesdropping on like conversations at the dinner table around you, just like one-on-one yeah. with another person and uh i was like really enjoying that process so that's cool so I'm, man. I'm sticking with that now yeah it's cool to hear you kind of point that out too and because i don't i don't know that i've ever really thought about it like that because i one thing i have thought about is that the conversation is becoming like a dying thing it seems like at least you know or definitely mm-hmm. it's not as relevant as it used to be a family dinner stuff like that um with all the technology distractions um but uh, damn, I was gonna ask you something else, and I totally, totally just blew my blew my mind out right now. Um, it was about the podcast, but uh, anyways, hopefully it'll come back to me. Uh, but that's cool though. So you're getting some good guests, and you're having some. I like the monologue ones too. I think it gives me like when I do some of those, it gives me an example. I call it just puking on the mic, just letting mm-hmm. some of my thoughts and stuff, you know, roll out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, because with with podcasts, I had like so little um experience that i was basically just like observing other people and seeing what they were doing and mike Rowe, i don't know if you follow him yeah. at all the guy from dirty jobs yeah I love well, that. he's really great and he's got a phenomenal podcast it's called the way i heard it and love that show oh dude it's so good yeah. and so then i was thinking i can do that but then when i was listening back to him i mean mike Rowe has been like doing narration and like storytelling his whole entire career. So I don't know. And maybe he's got like a, a deeper, like better voice than I do. <laughs> so so like, I was listening to him do it and then me do it. I was like, oh, like it just, yeah. that shit ain't on the same level. He, his, his voice, man, is just like, it's so authentic and it is very baritone. Like it makes, it makes you just, um, you know, you're just encompassed in the story, like right out of the gate. And he's a great storyteller. And I, mm-hmm. I one, one other thing I like too about that show is that he kept it, you know, like 10 minutes. And so Definitely. attention spans these days, we all know are, are short sometimes, you know, and he's throwing a story in there. Um, I just remember what I was going to tell you real quick too. Cool. Um, I knew it was going to happen by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things I wanted to, I wanted to kind of mention was, you know, you said, getting burnt out and talking about recovery like all the time, dude. And, um, it's so funny you brought that up because I've, I've thought about this a lot lately and, um, I haven't really talked much about it, but I just, I feel like there's this, there's a life to live and everything like, and I want to be careful what I say here because I don't, especially to somebody who's new into recovery might be listening to this. Like everything doesn't have to revolve around recovery, but at the same time it does in a, in a sense, like if, especially if you're new, like I want to stay dialed into it, but there's other things I want to do in life. Besides that, I want to be Shane. Like I want to be me. I want to find, I want to experience other things. And yet still there's, there's a huge part of my life that, that is that and is me, but there's also a huge part that wants to you know, th- there's still fun out there to be had, whether you're in recovery or not, is I guess what I'm getting at. So I was just kind of curious if you totally wanted to dive into that a little bit. Dude, that's that's been a struggle for years for me. I, I don't want to say struggle, you know, like it's not that dramatic, but it's it's that whole idea has taken up a lot of space in my brain. Yeah. Um because yeah, it's it's almost like a I forget I forget the word it's difficult because you say I have all of this other stuff that isn't recovery, but you're not going to have any of the other stuff without recovery. So like they're both dependent on each other. Like you have to sort of keep sobriety and recovery first because without it, you don't have the opportunity to do the other shit. But like now that you do have the opportunity to do all the other shit, you don't want to be like (laughs) buried in there all the time. So, so I, I get that for sure. I, I think what has helped me and, 
you know, I don't want to kind of beat the point home. Maybe it's just like relevant, but uh, I think what really helped me was part of that book, uh, The War of Art. He really talked about having the courage to do the things inside of you for no other reason other than it's what makes you feel good. You know, and especially as like a marketer, like a lot of the art I create in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, how how can I leverage this content yeah. to create something, you know? So when, by that, you're setting expectations and you have sure. this, uh, you know, a, a different thing other than just creating the content. Than just creating it, yeah. And uh, I don't know, like that that whole idea I found sort of trickling into all the other aspects of my life as well because that, that same thing is true with, with my recovery. And granted, like you said, you have to be careful saying these things because I've been – I had – eight years on, on March 4th. Congrats, so bro, like, that's awesome. Thank you. It was a big milestone. So yeah. like my perspective on it now is a lot different than I was when I was like in my first year, you know, in your first year dog, like just get it done. Just do nothing, but go to meetings. If that's your deal or therapy or whatever your deal is, like do nothing, but do that because like it will get easier and you just have to yeah. take it on faith that like it's going to get easier. But, but I know that, I know when I was getting sober, like my biggest fear hands down was that I was going to be bored. Like without question. That was like the thing that I was like, what the fuck? I'd rather die at 40 <laughs> and like have a good time than die at 80 and just be miserable and be bored my whole life. Cause at that point I was like, I was thinking, you know, like I'll make it to 30 maybe if I'm lucky. But, uh, but you just almost have to believe that, as time goes on and as like you gain some more experience, like these thoughts and these little puzzles that we have in our head, like they're going to work themselves out. Yeah. You know, you just keep kind of fucking doing it. You just keep moving forward and you keep experimenting with new things and be like, Oh, that didn't work out so well. Let me try it a different way. And then maybe doing it this. It's like, so what's worked out for me is when you talk about doing my art and not making it all about recovery, you know, like, through trial and error, sometimes when I write my morning article, I'm, I got something on my mind that's like kind of sobriety related. Yeah. And so I just fucking write about it. And then sometimes I have something else, you know, like this morning's article was all about Stephen Hawking because uh, I'm just really into physics and like the stars yeah. in the universe. And I have been when I was a kid. So you know what? Like I just write about it because that's what like my heart is telling me to do. So I think as long as you follow your heart as, you know, like cliche as it is you'll get to where you're going. Yeah. So in other words, it's, it's super organic for you. Like what you're feeling. Sure. And, and that, and I think that's how you get some of the realest shit too, that you find that stuff that's actually real and relatable because it's not forced. It's just something that mm -hmm. comes up and man, this is how I'm feeling right now. So like you said, maybe one day it's about recovery. Maybe another day it's not. Um, mm -hmm. What, um, what else, uh, what else are you up to? Like other, other projects or just kind of kicking back or, um, I mean, what's what's going on in, in Tim's no, world right now? No more projects for me, dude. I got engaged. <laughs> oh, nice, bro. Congrats. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, Hell yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've never really been – because when, when I met my fiance, you know, one of the first things I did when I talked to my dad, I was like, I, I finally feel like one of those giddy fucking – yeah kids in, in those stupid romantic comedy movies that so you're like, look at this loser. You know, what I mean? I'm like, God, I didn't know that this was like a real thing. Yeah. And uh, man, she's the coolest, like for real. I, I just, I super, super lucked out. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. I just, I lucked out and uh, you know, she moved in and uh, we're planning on getting married soon. I've, I've found the planning weddings is like, real annoying Bro, yeah. <laughs> like and i got a huge family and she's got a huge family and uh it's just kind of one of these things she's like well i guess we got to figure this out somehow and then like we start chipping along and then we both kind of get like really overwhelmed with it yeah. and it's like, like well then I it's like do this anymore. yeah and it's like <laughs> well if we if we invite Aunt Irene, then then we gotta invite Uncle Ed, and Uncle Ed will get pissed if Uncle. You know what I mean? There's like that whole like dynamic with big families and stuff, and friends too. I mean, so you got both big families, and then you gotta add in all the friends. It's a it's a lot, man. It definitely is. 
and we got big families. I mean, with just and she's got. I mean, all right, you know what? On that note, though, they're all from uh, from New England, and you can imagine the heat I was in <laughs> before that Super Bowl. And you know what, though, Shane, I didn't I didn't say a word. I That's kept good. it cool. That's smart. You know what I mean? I kept it cool, <laughs> but man, yeah. man, that felt good. Oh yeah, that's right. You got your Eagles hat on right now, so you're good to go. You know, represent, represent. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's next, man? I mean, uh, just you get you getting uh, getting married sometime soon. Um, Keeping it chill, dude. I like that. I like I like the organic approach. I really got to say, and I've been through that a couple of times myself, and having to just kind of step back and say, you know what? Like, there's a higher power than me, um, and you know, I'm just gonna kind of let that weight off of my shoulders and, and, and let my higher power handle it because mm. I can't, you know what I mean? And, and and when I'm trying to, that's when to go back to what we were talking about, that anxiety and like, just, it's not fun. I don't want to live like that. You know what I mean? Like shit will no, just work stressful. out just how it's supposed to. And keeping that, keeping that attitude for me has been a huge help. I think it's a huge help for everyone. And I think that, I think that people like you and I, like, we've been really, really blessed. I mean, aside from sure. from recovery, like, the perspective and the lessons that I've learned from that whole recovery process, I mean, I think everybody, whether they're in recovery or not, can really get a lot from just giving up that control that, like, we don't actually have. Yeah. You know, like, we're we're grabbing at this thing that doesn't exist. I mean, my sponsor has always said it. And he said a lot of things to me, but basically he could have repeated this one thing over and over again and got me to the same spot. And um, it was it was just all about just all about control because the only the only thing you can tr- can control is what you do, and like that's it. Yeah. Like anybody else. And then he would always kind of say like you can kind of control what you think, but not really. He was like all you can control is what you do. Yeah. And so if I just make sure that like I focus on like my actions and I try my best to keep my monkey brain from <laughs> taking me, I, who knows where it'll take me. If I just keep doing the right thing, man, like that's why it's so tough to say that you got to keep it on faith because there's no other way to learn that lesson other than to just continuously do the right thing and then see for yourself that like good things happen. Like yeah. it's so easy to say that to people, especially when they're first coming around. But it's kind of like when you were a kid and you never listened to your dad and then you get old and you're like, fuck man, like my dad was right the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You know, how did like, he, how did he know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of one of those things, but but yeah, I mean, no more projects for me, dude. I, I, I have a bad habit of taking on more than I can chew. And um, I really, really want Sober Nation to like, I don't even want to say to grow because it's not like I have some expectation of like what I want it to be. I just, I just know I'm not done yet. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Like that thing, that itch, whatever it is I'm trying to scratch, um, I'm not done yet. Like we're working a lot with colleges now just because so many of the kids that are having problems are, are coming out of school and, yeah. you know, losing all their tuition money after like two and a half years of taking out student loans and never actually getting a degree, you know? So I think that's some real shit that we're working on, but I'm just, just chasing the bone, man. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. No, I think, uh, I know this is, I mean, completely different topic, but I think it's still relevant, especially with the, um, you know, what you just mentioned, um, a lot of the college kids having issues. I'm not hating on college, but the debt cycle that's set up for kids to fail nowadays by going and getting in massive amounts of debt and mm-hmm. then getting out and not being able to find a job to even repay that debt. I know that, I don't know what the percentages are, um, you know, offhand, but I know that's a huge issue. And then you couple in, you know, the, the amount of, um, acceptability within partying and drugs and alcohol and stuff, dude, it's just a recipe for disaster, man. And it's, it's really sure. sad, dude. It's really, are you guys going in? Are you speaking or what are you guys doing um, to kind of help help in that? No, the biggest thing we're doing right now. Um, and, and to piggyback off that, like you don't even have to get me started with that, dude. Like feel, feel free. <laughs> I, I don't even like hiring kids from college yeah. because I feel bad for them because they have this, 
you know, they, they have this one perception of the world and then you yeah. throw them into the real world and it's just like, dude, I'm sorry you spent all that money, but basically unlearn everything that they taught you because like, yeah. I'll show you how to actually do it. So, so aside from that and like, yeah. you know, the debt cycle and on that note, there's a fascinating documentary called the ivory tower. Hmm. If you've ever watched it, it'll blow your mind when you see the debt cycle. And it actually explains why tuition has become so inflated because basically colleges have to compete not for the best education, but the best like college experience, you know? So I think Ohio yeah, state is the craziest one where they built some like $10 million rock climbing wall. And then the only reason they did it was so that they can give tours to their freshmen and be like, look what we have. And then there's like these actual like real schools that are teaching important shit that are just regular tuition dollars, you know, like yeah. $10,000 a year or something like that. And they're doing oh, just yeah. fine. But Ohio state's charging kids like 80 grand a year. So anyway, <laughs> Um, <laughs> here's a rock wall come check it out <laughs> yeah but so That's what true. we're doing now um i have speak i have spoke i went to uh madison wisconsin to speak out there there's some uh really really cool people in that school who um maybe i'll send you some links afterwards yeah, yeah, and you can to. put them in the show notes because they were really good to me but for the most part we built a directory on Sobernation, which is a directory of all the collegiate recovery programs nice. across the country. So colleges are really starting to adopt like recovery housing and um, just recovery communities so that they give a place for kids in sobriety to actually be able to like socialize and have other options other than just like go to a frat party. But um, that's cool. I mean, truth be told, they still have a long ways to go because yeah. we find that like a lot of the colleges just want to solve everything through like bureaucracy kind of. And, sure. um, and they're really big, you know, like to make things happen at colleges, like you have to go through a lot of people and it's just a long process and that's just sort yeah. of the way it is. But, uh, but I, I, I really do think that for the most part, like all of the colleges, at least that we've spoken to are, working really really hard to try to figure that out that's you know, cool. like they're they're doing the best they can i think that there's a yeah. lot of uh issues with it but in terms of like providing resources and providing like outlets and like you know sober activities or, or whatever you, whatever they're doing yeah they're trying they're trying their hardest yeah that's cool man that's it's, it's cool that you're kind of getting into that space too though because it is such an important um important space to be in and have good good people involved to um have kind of been through some of that same stuff that some of the kids are going through, you know, um, it's, uh, mm -hmm. I feel good about that, but I guess if I'm going on both sides, I, I think the place where I'm still really, really coming up short is just getting involved with cities. I don't know. I don't know quite how to, to crack that, you know, because it's like, most of my addiction was in inner cities, you know, yeah. especially in like North Philadelphia. So I, I know that there's like this whole other population that just because they're not, you know, like suburban kids that are dying from painkillers, it doesn't mean that they're not dealing with like some real, real problems. Yeah. And it's just difficult because from my perspective, I mean, what we do is all internet based. So mm -hmm. like just a lot of the online resources don't exist for for urban populations the same way that they do for for other places so i'm i'm struggling with that one man i think about it a lot um i i, I don't know how to do it honestly well, well kind of i i feel like you're kind of alluding to just i mean because we can sit behind the computer all day and talk about this shit but what mm -hmm. you're saying is really getting out in the street and getting out there and actually talking to folks and um you know, just being available, I guess, more, more or less, right in, in the communities, no, no matter where it's at your local community or whatever. I mean, I'm with you, bro. That's a huge thing. And and I've kind of been having a lot of thoughts about that and trying to do a little bit more, at least in my community here to show a little bit more face. It ain't much, but, um, I, I can feel it kind of shifting that way, if that makes sense. So hopefully in the next five, 10 years, you know, it starts to go more that way. I think the first step was deleting Facebook too, <laughs> yeah. you know? But that, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, uh, there's a, there's, there's some bigger issues out there than, than just, uh, on the internet too, for sure. Yeah. But I think you hit it right. Like the more I think about it, the more that it becomes clear to me that the only, the only way to get involved with 
more like insulated local communities is is on the ground level yeah you know i don't necessarily have to be like what's the word an evangelist maybe like i don't have to be like this spokesperson for just recovery across the country you know like i think i think cities need to do a better job of like actually getting you know who does a great job of it i'll give him a shout out and i should put you in touch with him because he'd be great there's a guy named devin reeves in philadelphia and um he's just a buddy of mine but Uh man like sometimes i look at the work he's doing and i I, I don't feel it's not insecure. I feel like like the work that he does with actual people more so like yeah. in a lot of ways it, it means it means more than writing blog posts, you know, and, and I wish that there was a way to put people like Devin and people that are just like really in it, like dealing with people and, and like yeah. hugging people, you know. I I wish there was a way that I could shine some more light on them. So uh I'll put you in touch with Devin. He's, hey, yeah, I, I would love that, man. Cool. That that'd be that'd be awesome, bro. I'd love to hear about some cool. of the work he's doing and um, kind of get what you're saying, though. Like, like a blog post, a podcast, this digital platform, it it can reach a masses massive amount of people, and that's a good thing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. maybe like in the communities where it's on the ground level, you're not affecting as many people per se, but possibly you're affecting them more because you're, you're having Maybe. those, those human experiences one-on-one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a great point, man. Yeah. It's a good point. Maybe. And I, I don't have the answer by yeah. any means, but I think about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, man. I see the uh, big book in the background. That's awesome. There, I like that. <laughs> I just, no, spot, I just spotted that right there. The, isn't that oh, it? Shit. Yeah. Right yeah. Right there. There it is. That's it. Page 86. That's my favorite page. I can't recite it or favorite. anything, but yeah, it's got a lot of <laughs> stuff on there. Well, cool, man. Um, we can, uh, we can wrap this thing up, man. This has been great, dude. I really enjoyed this conversation. I, yeah, me too. You know, I like how this is the kind of conversations I, that I'm really enjoying these days is like, you know, let's hit on some recovery stuff. Let's talk about it a little bit, but let's just chat like two homies and, and, and have a good convo. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't have to be Absolutely. so focused around, you know, every little pinpoint is, is recovery. So thank you, man. Thank you for being open and honest and thank sharing you. what you're doing. Where, uh, if anyone out there listening or watching, uh, wants to reach out to you or check out any of the um, projects you're working on sober nation, where can they do that? Yeah. Well, sobernation.com is obviously the big one, but, uh, the site that I'm referring to, which is my site, timstods.com, T-I-M-S-T-O-D-Z, timstods.com. It's, uh, it's really simple. It's all white pages with just words on it. It's super focused on my writing. But if you go to timstods.fm, uh, that's my podcast. And that that will basically just redirect you to like the podcast category on timstods.com. So you can see it all if you just go to timstods.com. Okay. Cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we'll put that in the show notes. And uh, man, dude, thanks for coming on the show today, bro. It was was really great to, uh, to talk to you too. Thanks, Shane.